Hey, thanks for queuing up the podcast. Before we jump into this episode, I just wanted to make you aware of three music marketing resources with an emphasis on one in particular. There's a good chance you're already familiar with my flagship title called the Gorilla Music Marketing Handbook and perhaps even the 5-Minute Music Marketer. Both of those titles are well worth your time, but I want to make you aware of another title that doesn't quite get the attention as those two do. And that one is called The Nine Irrefutable Laws of Music Marketing. I'm really proud of this book, and I think you would get a lot out of it. And basically what it covers is what I consider to be nine timeless principles of music marketing. So regardless of the new website, app, or tool, because they're always changing, as you know, these are principles you can apply no matter what. They're timeless. They tap into that eternal connection that people have with music and with music makers. So I think you would get a lot out of this book. It's available on Amazon in at least a dozen countries in both paperback and ebook formats. So go check it out. The Nine Irrefutable Laws of Music Marketing. And now, enjoy the episode. This is the Music Marketing Podcast. So if you want to know how to grow your YouTube channel, I'm going to spend at least the next couple of episodes sharing my personal story about the sort of unexpected, surprising exponential growth of my own channel and a lot of lessons learned along the way. To pull up a chair and make time to listen up, I think you're going to like this. I'm your host, Bob Baker, and there's a really good chance that you were first attracted to this podcast because of my work with musicians and creative people of all types and the many books that I've published over the years, such as The Guerrilla Music Marketing Handbook, The Empowered Artist, The Passion Principles, The Nine Irrefutable Laws of Music Marketing, at least a couple dozen titles or so that I've written and published since the mid-90s, so I've been at this a long time. And by the way, if you live in the U.S., take a look at the show notes of this episode. There's a link where you can learn more about this pretty cool three autographed books, physical paperback books with some surprise bonuses that I will ship to your doorstep for one incredibly low price. And I'll also link to Amazon where you can also purchase some of those books. But of course, this episode and at least the next one is all about YouTube growth. So for many years, I primarily made a living as an author, a speaker, a coach, a teacher. I developed a lot of streams of income related to my books and my teachings that were primarily geared to musicians, to authors, to creative people in general. However, things have changed and evolved, and over the last two or three years, things have shifted to where the primary source of my income that allows me to support myself and my family is my YouTube channel. So I'm going to be sharing that journey, that evolution. I'm going to start here with part one and then continue with some more nitty-gritty details in the next episode. We'll see if we can squeeze it into two. Maybe it'll go to a third. Let's see how it goes. So here we go. 
I believe that YouTube was founded or started in 2005. I started my account and posted my first video the next year in 2006. So I've been on the platform for 14 years now. And for the first decade, I published many, many videos, but across a whole array of topics and different areas of my life. I posted videos related to my books. I'm also a musician, a performer, an actor. So I had things related to my original music. And I do comedy. I, I teach improv comedy. I do musical improv. I had videos related to that. I also posted family stuff and Christmas videos and did some silly travel log type of stuff when my girlfriend and I would travel. So obviously it was a wide variety of stuff, but somehow over that first decade of being on the platform, I managed to grow my subscribers to about 4,000. So about three or four years ago, I had about 4,000 subscribers. Then around 2016-ish, I just had the urge to experiment. I wanted to try some ideas that I had. For years, I've been writing about musicians who had a, a niche of instrumental music, like my friend David Neveu, who does solo piano music. Also, my friend Mike Silverman, who has like over 3 billion streams and downloads of his music. They created music with a purpose so that people are searching for a particular type of thing like music for yoga or music to relax or music for the spa, for massage. So I was intrigued by that and I created several videos just featuring electronic music and some images with music for creativity and for brainstorming and for different purposes. And I just threw it out there and then I kind of forgot about it. And then after a few weeks, I looked and noticed that a couple of them were getting way more views than my typical stuff related to my books and that variety that I had been publishing for years. Another thing I should point out is that around this time, I was also using YouTube more and more to seek out audio content, like audiobooks and a lot of spoken word, but also guided meditations. And I was seeking out recordings of affirmations because I've been a big proponent and a student of personal development and personal growth. And for many years now, I've realized the importance of self-talk and saying things to yourself that improve your attitude and your mindset and focus on what's right in your life instead of just what's wrong. And so I was seeking this stuff out, but often not happy with the content that I was finding on YouTube. I'm very picky about the voices that will lead me through a meditation or affirmations. So either the voice wasn't right or the background music was too loud or too busy. By that point, I had also been podcasting for many years, so I had the basic computer audio set up in my home office to record my own voice. I'm a musician, and I obviously could create the music, the background music. So I thought to myself, man, I think I could create the type of thing that I'm looking for and not finding and just put it out there since I was in this experimental phase with YouTube, and let's just see what happens. I had no grand plan. I had no super high expectations. It was just like, let's try this and see what happens, which is an attitude that I encourage you to adopt in all areas of your life because it served me well. So I slowly but surely started putting out videos that featured affirmations and guided meditations on different topics. And before long, I saw that some of them were getting a lot more views than my typical videos. Nothing viral, nothing huge right out of the gate, but just comparatively more. 
instead of maybe a hundred or two hundred views, they were getting a couple thousand or a few thousand views. That's when the light bulb went off, and that's when I got really curious. And to be honest, I kind of became obsessed with YouTube, and I took a deep dive into just the learning best practices. There are actually a number of channels on YouTube devoted to teaching you how to grow your YouTube channel. And so I found some of my favorites. I just soaked up all the advice and the tips that I could, started experimenting with the titles, with the thumbnail images, with the descriptions, the tags, everything I would learn, I would just try it. And every week I was posting multiple videos and just paying attention to the results that I was getting. And after a while, I started noticing some trends. It became obvious that my morning affirmation recordings were generally more popular and got a lot more views than the stuff that I did maybe for sleep affirmations or relaxation meditations or whatever. And so I made a note of that. I also noticed that certain topics seemed to resonate with people more, at least the people that were discovering my videos. Topics like abundance. I mean, everybody wants to make more money. So things on money and prosperity and abundance were became very popular. Also topics like success and confidence. Gratitude was another very popular one. And then other topics like sleep affirmations, health, relationships, relaxation. They got pretty decent views, but nothing like these other topics. So here's a first tip for you. When you discover topics and themes that work, you double down on them. You figure out ways that you can create more content related to the topics that are hitting with people. And just find different angles and different ways of approaching it, but give it a different spin. So as I recorded more and more of this type of content on YouTube, I saw slow and steady growth. I mean, I remember how excited I was when I hit 20,000 subscribers, going from 4,000 to 20. And then six months later, I doubled that. I got to 40,000 subscribers. Six months after that, I doubled it again. I hit 80,000 subscribers. Now, the thing is that doubling rate has slowed down. In the fall of uh, 2019, I actually hit the coveted 100,000 subscriber mark, and they did send me the silver plaque, which is very, very cool. And as I record this in the middle of July 2020, my current subscriber numbers are like 134,000 subscribers. Let me just throw some other numbers at you here. My most popular video currently has over 3 million views. And not surprisingly, it's a morning affirmation and wealth related video. I have two more that have over 1 million views. I have a total of 20 videos that have more than 100,000 views. And for many years now, I've been a YouTube partner. Basically, what that means is you get some perks, and one of them is you can monetize your videos, and any ads that YouTube runs on your videos that you choose to monetize, which in my case are most of my videos, they split any ad revenue generated with the creator. And I'm just very blessed to report that over the last couple of years, YouTube has been the primary way that I support myself. I guess I mentioned that earlier. But, you know, three or four years ago, I was lucky to get like 15 bucks a month. And then I remember when it was like 100 or $300. And then it's like, oh, my God, this is like a car payment. And then some months later, it became like my mortgage payment was the monthly direct deposit that I was getting from YouTube. 
And now it's well beyond that. So I'm just very thankful for YouTube. Yes, it makes me a little bit nervous to have all my eggs in the YouTube basket, but they're pretty committed to their creators and this business model. So I feel pretty good that that's not going to go away anytime in the short term. Knock on wood. But here's the most meaningful aspect of this YouTube growth is that I have this whole new engaged global fan base that just devours my stuff. I mean, hundreds of thousands of people every month listen to some of my recordings and many people listen on a daily basis. I get comments all the time about how listening to these things have changed people's lives. They wake up every morning listening to one of my recordings. And while I was blessed to get a lot of positive feedback related to my books over the years, that was nothing compared to what I'm getting now. It's actually very heartwarming. It's a little overwhelming at times, just the sheer volume of views and comments and positive feedback and energy that's sent my way because these things are making a difference to people all over the world, multiple countries. And so what better way to make a living than to do something that you're passionate about, something that helps people and makes a difference in people's lives and that creates a ripple effect. I mean, I like to think that the people whose lives are uplifted or their attitudes are improved, they will then influence their friends and their family. So it's just very satisfying. So I'm going to wrap up this episode just by giving you some key details about what makes YouTube so different and why I highly recommend it if you want to reach more people and potentially earn some extra income with it. And then the next episode, I'll go into more of the nitty gritty details about how to make videos that people actually want to watch and how to grow your channel and all that good stuff. But again, the question right now is what makes YouTube different from all these other platforms? What makes it different than Facebook and Twitter and even TikTok, which is a video-based app, LinkedIn, Pinterest, you name it. This is really crucial. If you can wrap your brain around what I'm about to tell you, it'll lead right into all the nitty-gritty stuff we will talk about in part two. So one thing that sets YouTube apart is that it is the second largest search engine in the world. And it just happens to be owned by Google, which is the number one search engine in the world. So people go to YouTube to look for things. And that's very different from the way people use Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. So if you want to fix your lawnmower or you want to find the best washing machine or the way to prepare salmon or whatever, you're not going to go searching on Facebook or Instagram for that stuff for the most part. But you will go to YouTube and you'll enter in a question or a phrase related to the thing that you want to know more about. And you'll often find tons of useful videos that will help you do that thing. So YouTube is a repository for entertainment and useful information. And people go there quite often to seek out specific stuff, specific topics. So one of the keys to being successful on YouTube is to put yourself in a position to be discovered by people looking for the thing that you do. And we'll talk about some specific ways to do that in part two. Another big thing that sets YouTube apart from these other sites is that it has a long shelf life. Or maybe I should say the content that you post there potentially has a long shelf life. 
Now think about it. If you post something on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, even if it's popular and gets a lot of comments, it might see the light of day for 24 hours, maybe 48 hours tops, then it's gone. And quite often, especially on a site like Twitter, you probably have minutes or hours and then the thing just falls into the newsfeed void, never to be heard from again. But on YouTube, if I can show you my most popular videos this week, most of them I put out like maybe two years ago or a year ago or six months ago. So I love that about YouTube. I love the idea of being able to create content that's going to have a long shelf life and people will be discovering it for months and potentially for years to come, especially if you get into the good graces of the YouTube algorithm and recommendations system. And then another cool thing is that you can, if you reach a certain threshold and you're approved, you can become a YouTube partner and you can actually monetize your channel. Not everyone has to do that to use YouTube effectively, but that is an option if that's one of your goals. And the current requirements for becoming a YouTube partner is that you need to have a thousand subscribers, which is kind of hard to get to when you're a new channel, but it's doable. And then you need to have 4,000 hours, I believe, of total watch time over the last 12 months. Once you reach that point, you can apply to become a partner, and then they, about 30 days or so, they'll have someone check it out just to make sure there's legitimate content there. And if you're approved, then you can start monetizing your videos and some other perks come along with that. So that's where I'm going to leave things for now with this episode, but I'll come back with part two, and I'll talk about identifying your YouTube goals. I'll also give you some simple keyword research tools that'll help you come up with titles and topics. I'll also share with you the four or five most important aspects of every video that you upload that will help you get discovered. And as many tips as I can squeeze into that part too. But before I end this, just want to remind you about that three book deal. If you'd like me to autograph three of my books of your choice, and you actually have a list of like nine or ten titles, you pick three of them, I sign them to you. I'll also send you a uh, greeting card, personally handwritten to you, and also throw in some extra surprise bonuses all into a priority package. Again, this is only good for shipments to a U.S. address. If you're outside of the U.S., but you can get all of my books, ebooks, and audiobooks on Amazon in about a dozen or so countries. So I hope you were inspired by part one of my YouTube personal story. I'll be back with part two very soon. In the meantime, have an awesome day, have an awesome week, keep creating, do what you do, and I will talk to you real soon on the next episode. So long for now. Ready?